Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver media podcast. True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Season number three and episode number 87 of the Daily Beaver here on the Cryer Media Network. Today, recording day is Wednesday, March 29th, 2023, and it's going to be a pretty good day here at Beaver Lodge. Temperatures reaching six today. I'm your host, the Eager Beaver, pronouns he, him, hey, Mr. Beaver A. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Mr. Grizzly. Of course, a big thank you goes to our podcast's founding sponsors, The Pepper Master, The Miss V Mysteries from Corvin Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. Uh, we have a Wednesday morning nibble for you, uh, but before we do anything, we have to take a moment to say hello to our dear friend, Mr. Grizzly, and ask him, how's your mental health today, sir? Well, good morning, Mr. Beaver. Um, I'm uh, tired, as I'm sure you can hear in my voice. Um, I think mental health is good. Yeah, I think so. Just a little tired. I've uh, been up since 4 a.m., so you know, that, that happens. <laughs> didn't want to wake up at 4 a.m. I just did, and then couldn't get back to sleep. You know, 
that extra hour, I think, would have made a difference in my day. But here we are. Oh, so sorry to hear that. Uh, I had good sleep last night, uh, comparatively to the night before. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Where I fell asleep on the floor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm tired too. I'm tired too. There's a, a little less pep in my step the last few days. I don't know if it's just because I've been on Florence Nightingale duty as well as just regular life and I've been kept hopping a little bit and it's mm. just... But uh, yeah, I'm pooped. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the transition from uh, winter to spring. I think maybe I, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm just tired, man. What can I say? But that's okay. Um, plenty of time to sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, today in the news, uh, everybody's talking budget. Yeah. Uh, I- I haven't had a chance to look at it, but I did find something here I thought I'd show you real quick. Okay. Um, this is what you call um, a proud admission. Just read this. At Ben, uh, ben Ryan, at Ambisonics, Ambionics UK, um, you're my favorite Nazi racist, homophobe, transphobe, mislabophobe. Christine Anderson replies, thanks, and I do plead guilty, all of the above, with a wink. I will. I'm like, you've, you've got to be kidding me. Oh no, no, no. She's proud of being a Nazi. She admitted to it. So why has Pierre Poliver still not come out and publicly admonished her? Well, we know that he cannot have any video of him doing that. He cannot have any recording with his voice doing that. He cannot have a statement at all with any conservative logo because about a week and a half later, he published a statement on something else that had the logo. So it's, Oh, so you can publish a statement with Mm -hmm. your logo on it. Oh, okay. So, so you are capable of it. You just not, you just just forget. You didn't just forget how all of a sudden. That's why I say we, we have to keep beating this, the door on this one and ringing the bell on this one because he needs to be held accountable for this. And of course, yesterday the budget was released and four minutes after it was released, he says, we're going to vote against it. Yep. You've already read the whole thing. Have you Pierre? Have you? Look, Somebody said something yesterday that made me laugh uncontrollably. The Conservative Party could have written the budget and submitted it. And the Liberals said, no, I don't think so. And then put the Liberal name on it and the Conservatives would vote against it. Pretty much. Like a Conservative budget, they just slap the Liberal logo on it and they say, yeah, we're voting against it. They're just so damn contrary. Look, years ago, I lost respect for for, um, uh, Jack Layton. Thank you. I wanted to he say Dempsey. On the tax cuts. Well, not not only that, but there there was a a budget that was about to be released by the by Stephen Harper's government, prime ministerial role at the time, and he says uh, they they said so. Are you going to vote for it or against it? And he says I haven't even read it, but I'm going to vote against it because I know what Stephen Harper's like. And I'm like, dude, that's not how you do politics. No. Read it first. Form an opinion. Don't go in with a preformed opinion because that's prejudicial. And I disagreed with it. And I lost a lot of respect for him on that one. Look, as much as I disliked Harper and his economic policies, at least review it, man. Yeah. Where I lost respect for him is when he was standing against uh, the corporate uh, tax cuts. 
said he was not going to stand for it. And then um, there was some stuff having to do, you know, there was some coalition talk talking. Mm. And uh, before he said he was joining the coalition, but after he said he was doing that, he sort of like went to Harper one-on-one and said, uh, you know, if you can give us these couple of things that we want in this budget, we won't. And then Harper sent him packing and then Harper was taken down. But, but it's like, dude, dude. We understand that you politics your, is compromise. You, you, yes, but you were going to swallow yourself up on the hole on the corporate tax cuts, which you swore up and down, left, right, and center was the thing that was the difference between you and everybody else. And then secretly behind everybody's back, after you struck a deal, you went and said, hey, I'm willing to strike a better deal with you if you'll let me have it. Yeah. Whoa. Don't get me wrong. I still think Jack Layton was a good man, a flawed human, just like the rest of us. Just like everyone else, but... He saw an opportunity to take, get a little extra power, a little extra headlines for himself, and uh, exactly. went back on his word to, to many people yeah. when he tried that. Well, I know a lot of people that, that um, had been in long, long-standing NDP supporters who walked away from it at that point. They're like, I'm without a party now. Yeah. If you, uh, you would put something up there, Mr. Grizzly, what you were saying is that, uh, yeah, you've got uh, Pierre Polliver here saying, breaking, conservatives will vote against Trudeau's plan to add billions of new inflationary debt and tax hikes on heat, grass, and groceries. Time to bring home a country that works for the people who will do the work with lower prices, more homes, and powerful paychecks. What the hell does any of that mean? Okay, first of all, what the f- is a powerful paycheck? Seriously, he's just, he's just slapping words together. Oh, it's an alliteration. Powerful paychecks. Okay, how how does a how does a paycheck become powerful, and how are you going to do that? I believe we call that a word salad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, breaking is doing a lot of work in that tweet, right? Because I mean, I I don't know about you, Mister Grizzly, but the suspense was killing me. What the conservatives were going to decide on this one? Come on, we knew it was a foregone conclusion. They were going to do what they did. Mm. I knew. The anticipation. Ah, I was so strenuous. <laughs> so tell me something. With his cuts that he wants to make, will he cut federal transfer taxes to health care and we end up with this? <sighs> From Gail, Vazlo- Gail Vazoxlade, Canada, here's the future writ large if you keep voting for parties determined to privatize health care. From somebody in the U.S. Gritty is the way. Um, gritty uh, 20202. <laughs> POV, you're an American who needed a heart transplant. Payment options, payment plan, $3,789.91 times 60 months or pay in full, $227,394.75. Do 11 15 2022. So November. 15th of 2022, somebody was billed $227,394.75. Thank you for choosing Memorial Herman for your health care needs. I'm pretty sure they did not choose if they were having a heart attack. Or a heart transplant. Or a transplant. Or a heart transplant they may have chosen. <laughs> but then again, I'm not sure that there's like five hospitals in town that you can go to that all do heart transplants. Yeah, some are just, you know, like urgent care clinics, right? So, right. But, you know, uh, this, uh, that's that's the government we'll get if he gets elected prime minister because more po- powerful paychecks, which means uh, he's going to cut social programs and uh, reward the wealthy and screw over the working class and poor. 
And if you're middle class, well, you're going to have to mortgage your home to pay $227,000 for a heart transplant. You think that isn't coming? It's already happening in Ontario. It's already happening. Mm -hmm. It's only a matter of time if you let them run. Yeah, this kid, kid, this kid Tim says it's hard to haggle with him, I think. Yeah, especially when you're on the table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anesthetized. Wait, how Wait much? A minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I, could hear, I could hear the joke, eh? An American, a Russian, and a Canadian will go, go to a hospital. <laughs> it's like, or get to get. Oh, yeah, that's the joke. It's like, was it, it was a. Oh darn! Mm, like this, know. but it, it it basically it's like three people end up at a bar. Like just said, it's like they they all they all died and went to heaven, but they're they're sitting at a bar, and all of a sudden the American's telling the story to the bartender about you know how it is that you know he got there, mm. and he says, "Well, where are the other two? He says, "Oh, well, last I checked, uh, the Scotsman was trying to negotiate Saint Peter down from like five hundred dollars to two fifty, and the Canadian was standing there going, "Shouldn't oh hip be paying for this?" <laughs> Yeah, like, sounds seriously. about right. Yeah. <laughs> sounds about right. It's just like, oh my god! It's just like, well, why? Why did you die? Well, it's like the doctor wouldn't, the anesthesiologist wouldn't go down to two hundred, and I said, no deal, nope, no, no deal. <laughs> just, uh, dark humor, dark humor, dark humor. Dark times, dark yeah, times. Yeah, you yes. gotta, you know, yeah gotta laugh because if you don't you're gonna cry and yeah you know, nobody wants to see him grown man cry no so kids uh to be totally honest i took a bit of a day off so uh what i've got here is, uh, is just stuff that i cobbled from uh looking here and there uh i will do promise more watching and analysis of my own uh but these are the big highlights uh, that have come up based on uh places that i've looked for now um budget well uh Basically, it promises $21 billion in new measures over the next five years. Uh, a lot of people are screaming $40 billion. Uh, I took this, I went to Bloomberg for this data mm -hmm. because they do the best with, you know. Oh, yeah economics and all that kind of stuff. Um, so this one said, according to Bloomberg, it's $21 billion in new measures over the next five years. The bulk is a suite of tax credits to boost the power grid and get companies to invest in green technology, as we mentioned yesterday, because uh, Christian Freeland had signaled early on that uh, she had basically two priorities, and that was healthcare and uh, the green economy. And of course, the green economy, most of that was in uh, reaction uh, to the government of the united states uh, mm -hmm. doing the uh the ira which i forgot what it's called now <laughs> not irish republic inflation irish. reduction act that is, That's what it is. <laughs> yes no no not <laughs> no they did not legislate the irish republican army <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and she said uh we will invest in strengthening public's Canada's public health care system, and we will invest in building Canada's clean economy. Investments in our economic capacity are fiscally responsible, and failure to make the necessary investments in our eco economic capacity and in our economic future, that is irresponsible, and that is reckless. These are things that uh, Christian Freeland had said before the budget. Mm -hmm. um, now, we knew a lot about the first, the public health care stuff, because we had the whole negotiation in public, and a lot of the provinces finalized their deals before their budgets. I'm not sure if all the provinces have in territories yet. I know that uh, the territories were the late last to be able to do that, uh, but theirs is more complicated because almost all of their money is bilateral as opposed to uh, transfer, because 
because their population is so small. Uh, and I believe there was one province that hadn't yet either. I believe it might be Quebec, um, but everybody else had signed on the last that I checked. I just mm-hmm. haven't heard any news that the, the last four had uh, reached a deal yet. Uh, but we knew almost all the terms of that money with regard to healthcare. Um, with regard to the environmental spending, she said, when it comes to leveling the playing field with the United States, or at least making sure that we're playing to our strengths and doing what we need to do, it's not like the $2 trillion that was invested uh, in the Inflation Reduction Act in the United States woke us up to this field. We've invested $120 billion in the green economy already. And when you take a look at what's been in our other budget documents, carbon capture, use and storage, for example, we've already committed billions of dollars to this. And I think the proof is in the pudding. When you look at Canada's ability to land the Volkswagen EV battery plant in St. Thomas, Ontario, that's an example of Canada competing on the world stage and winning for long-term, high-quality paying jobs for the future of Canadians. And I'm sorry, that was François-Philippe Champagne, the Minister of Industry, not to Christian Freeland that said that uh, prior to the budget. Um, now, we had mentioned on the show yesterday that you know we couldn't invest dollar for dollar and we're trying to invest in certain strategic areas so that we can compete a little bit mm-hmm. um, and that uh, the U.S. has forced us to do that and that there's a big gap. Now, we had also talked about our carbon tax, which was one of the four, you know, if you're looking at a table, it's one of the four legs that you absolutely have to have because we have a carbon tax and because we've had it for about close to five years now. Um that actually reduces a lot of the gap. So we don't have to actually invest that much because we did a lot of that uh, a while ago. Um, So that's kind of very important when when people are talking about the gap analysis and what the United States and what we are doing, we do have, we have made up some of that gap already by having carbon regulatory pricing. Um, Now, there are lots of people that are talking about, for example, when we were talking about uh, Russia and Ukraine, how it is that we could be supplying them with more Canadian LNG. Of course, you know we would have to get environmental assessments and build permits and be able to ship it there, all that before we could get it there. And well, Europe has proven extremely resilient at being able to build reserves and find mm-hmm. other because they got through this winter and they only had a few months to do it. And they did it yeah, pretty quickly. Yeah, they did it pretty quickly. So kudos to them. So before we would get any of that online, what the conservatives have been saying, crying about was basically we we figured out that was BS because we would be nowhere near close to being online yet to get that to them, even if we were right said on the first day of the invasion, okay, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Suppliers. There would be no 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 place for us. Uh, but there's another move when it comes to carbon. Uh, and fighting climate change, where conservatives are seeming to make this push again that, well, you know, if people buy Canadian LNG and replace coal with that, therefore reducing their carbon footprint, we should get credit for it because we pumped out the LNG and we sold it to people. It's like, no, shouldn't be the country that decided that they are going to spend on buying LNG LNG to not buy coal, not use coal, get the credit. It's their money. It's their decision. All we did was sold it, and we're making a buck off it. So their position is that we should make a buck off it, and we should get the carbon credit for other people spending money to reduce their carbon. Mm-hmm. It, it just makes no sense. I agree. It just makes no sense. Uh, now, the NDP, what their position is with the green spending is that um, given that we have to choose our areas very carefully, our investments in carbon uh, capture, use, and storage they believe is pretty much a waste of money because it's pretty much unproven technology. Um, 
we have here a quote. Uh, I'll just put it up here. It's uh, Daniel Blakey from the NDP. Uh, and he made this comment that I found was just really, really, really smart uh, the other day. And I was going to just write it down and read it. And then I figured, well, given that we have this clip technology, mm-hmm. why not use it? So here we go. Let's see what... Let me stick on this subject because a lot of the stuff that the federal government, Mr. Blakey, is talking about doing, especially where affordability is concerned, comes off of proposals from your party, right? You're, you're in an agreement right now to keep them in power, so it kind of makes sense. Uh, when your leader was asked about how to pay for it, he talked about the subsidies that go to oil companies that are very much around carbon capture. Part of the problem with the IRA is that it offers a production credit for carbon capture that has seen already one company based out of Alberta, I think it's called Entropy, decide to put all of its carbon capture investment south of the border. Isn't stuff like that necessary? Aren't those kinds of subsidies necessary to compete with the United States? Well, I think there's still the question of where we want to compete with them. And the fact of the matter is that carbon capture and storage hasn't been proven at scale. And so the question is, is that really the place to put all your eggs? Our answer to that question is no. We don't think that's the place for Canada to make the big spend on transforming our energy economy to meet the needs of the future. We think that there are other places where we would get more value for public investment when it comes to greening our grid and preparing for electrification. So for us, it's a question of opportunity costs, a technology that really hasn't been proven at scale versus other things that we could be investing in. Even if the U.S. is pursuing it, kind of... Well, I think what we've heard in a number of, it's not just my word you can take for it, a lot of economists have said, look, Canada, you know, the U.S. is firing on all barrels with the RRA. Canada's not going to compete with the United States on every item in the RRA, so we have to choose carefully. New Democrats don't believe that using what public funds we have in Canada to compete on carbon capture and storage is the best way to electrify our economy, lower our emissions, and create the kinds of jobs that we all want to see for Canadians. So one of our contributions to the fall economic statement was to insist very strongly on having uh, language like the Biden administration has put around their investment in clean tech, ensuring that there are good good, good paying jobs with good benefits as part of that package. That's something that we have continued to push for for investments that we may see coming Do up in the budget. Do you want to see them explicitly tied to union jobs? We're quite comfortable with that. That's something that the have U.S. administration has done. And yeah. we've said that they should be adopting the same approach as the Biden administration. So that means, yes, good paying union jobs being the backbone of these public investments, because we think that's the best way to get the maximum value for that public investment for actual Canadian workers, I, as opposed to just the companies that they would I just work have, for. I just have 20 seconds left for a follow up. But you also are asking for a, a windfall tax in order to generate Indeed. more revenue. Yeah. Uh, the prime minister has dismissed it as simplistic and said that those costs, that extra tax will be borne on consumers. Doesn't he have a point? There you go. So, um, I very much like what he had to say about um, let's put the money back into Canadians' pockets instead of, well, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, of course. I'm, I'm using sort of Polliver's language here, but put Canadian, put the money into Canadians' pockets as opposed to corporations getting big tax cuts. Let's get good union jobs where people earn a good living. Like he's saying the right things, if you ask me, as, as a working class dog. Look, I just want to join the middle class, man. I'm not asking for a lot here. I'm really not. You're muted, sir. Sorry, uh, I had cut it, uh, but uh, there's a, there was a second part of his uh, 
what he was saying that was really important and it follows immediately. I thought it was a little further down, so I, uh, but uh, I will play it. So he's going to answer uh, the question uh, from Bashi Cabellos that I just played and cut. Um, whoops. <laughs> I pressed the wrong button. Yes, you did. <laughs> just instead of pressing play, I pressed close. Here we go. Sound, please. Oh God. Why is this? It's sound on the, on the video, on the video. Yeah. It's sound on the video. Yeah. I know. I see it. Back to your conversation with Jazz on affordability, I would say this is a major difference between conservatives and new Democrats when it comes to affordability. They would say that widespread tax relief is the only way to really make things affordable for Canadians. We would point out to the many companies that have been jacking up prices on everything from housing to groceries, oil and gas, in order to eat up Canadians' disposable income because the market will charge what the market can bear. Our approach has been to try and concentrate on bringing down the price of things that Canadians can't do without dental care, prescription drugs. When we, and we think there are other areas. Child care is another example where New Democrats have fought for a long time in order to be able to lower that cost. Because we believe that by lowering the cost of things that people can't do without, we actually create more room for disposable income. Because if the disposable income is what's also, left over when people have paid for the things they can't do without, then... It still adds to demand then, in the economy, though. Yeah, potentially but, increases inflation. But... Uh, companies are competing to get disposable income after Canadians have paid for housing, prescription drugs, and childcare, instead of competing for the money that should be going to those things for okay. Canadians to be able to access. I'm out of time. Bingo. Yeah, he's preaching this choir. That's the congregation. That's the difference between yeah, that's the difference between conservatives and and pretty much everybody else right now. Conservatives believe in broad-based tax cuts for everyone. It doesn't work that even way. if you don't really need them. Yeah. In order to be able to make life more affordable, whereas other parties believe in lowering the costs of the essentials. Mm -hmm. Now, both of them are going to create disposable income, and both of those things are inflationary mm -hmm. at the moment. But one will benefit again, the average when you're in a period of in Yes, but as we mentioned, in a period of inflationary pressure, if you're a government, you do have to spend money on making sure that the most vulnerable don't fall through the cracks during this period because that's just going to cost more. And you can't do general affordability measures for absolutely everyone because that just pumps way too much money into the economy like this and dilutes the amount that the most vulnerable can get. I, I shudder to think of what this country would look like right now if, if, if Andrew Scheer was prime minister during the start of 2020. And what would we look mm. like today? I, and I, I mean, thinking about that is frightening. How many more people would have died mm. because of COVID? How many poor people would have lost everything because of COVID? How many? How many? How many? How many? How many? Mm. Yep. That's what I was going uh, for there with that. Yeah. How many? How much? What's the number? Yes or no? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so when it comes to things, for example, like the Volkswagen plant that mm -hmm. uh, Minister Shang was crowing about, a lot of people are asking, well, how much money did we put into it? And the government's not giving a number. Now, there's a reason for that. It's because the government of Canada is seemingly in negotiations with many other companies on similar deals, and therefore they do not want to give away their quote-unquote propriety information mm -hmm. as they're negotiating. So they don't want to lose their strategic advantage at the moment. Um, but uh, when talking about spending, uh, François-Philippe Champagne said 
when you compare with the amount that we had to invest over the last two, two to three years in Canadians to get us through the pandemic, there will certainly be a change in quantum there. And then he added, for seven years, we've been investing in what economists call the supply side of the economy. What does that mean? It means investments that allow our economy to grow. And so when we took a look at the Canada Child Benefit, when we took a look at dental benefits, when we take a look at the child care agreement that we have, all of this allows the economy to grow and also in a way that doesn't hurt price and inflation. Now, that's not exactly true because doing these things allows for greater labor force participation, which means more people are making money, which means more people have money to spend. Um, but it's not as inflationary as if you're giving to those who don't, you know, who you know won't spend the money on essentials. They'll spend things on luxuries or, you know, you know boost dividends or give themselves an extra bonus or that type of thing. Uh, now, with regard um, to uh, environmental spending, uh, another pressure that has been placed upon it is the recent release of the IPCC report, the International Panel on Climate Change, that has strongly recommended moving countries moving their target, their 2050 targets to 2040, because we're not doing things fast enough. Which, of course, then you know, being more aggressive increases costs. Uh, there'll probably not be anything in this budget specifically to announce that concern to address that concern, because, I mean. The date at which the report was released in the budget was pretty much already baked in already. Uh, but as you can tell, with uh, that uh, over $20 billion in investment in things having to do uh, with manufacturing uh, in, a, in greener ways and fixing the power grid and that type of stuff, that uh, you know, our government is taking this seriously. Um, now, the expansion of dental care, of course, was pre-announced. Just about to get to that. $3.6 billion in new spending for health and dental care in 23-24. Which yeah. is good, and I think, and I think seven billion over the course of five years. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, so. the the dental program is being expanded to people under eighteen and seniors this year, and it's set to be fully implemented by um, twenty twenty five. So, this yeah, is good. exactly. It's it's very very good. It's absolutely great. Um, so this is a again good spending because everybody needs dental care, and if you don't get it the problems that it could cause additional health problems that are way more expensive down the road. Um, you know, so th th these are investments in people. Um, Christopher Freeland calls uh, what's going on right now with the Green Revolution the most significant economic transformation since the Industrial Revolution. Our allies are moving quickly to friendshore their economies and build their critical supply chains through democracies like our own. So again, the concept of friendshoring that we were talking about after the North American Leaders Summit coming here. Um, with regards to the... So, um, yes, we have $13 billion over five years for a new dental plan, tw plan $21 billion in new measures over the next five years. And uh, Freeland says, by the end of 2023, we will be rolling out a dental care plan that will eventually cover up to 9 million uninsured Canadians. So, um, the budget uh, deepens the fiscal deficit uh, as we book $43 billion in new costs over six years. New spending focuses on bolstering healthcare system, keeping up with the U.S. and clinic te technology incentives. This is from Bloomberg here. And helping low-income Canadians cope with inflation, and that's the GST doubling uh, that we mentioned that is now being called a grocery rebate. Um, and a lot of people are turning around and they're uh, asking, well, um, why is it, like, how are we going to be sure that the people that have 
spent that money on groceries or spending it on groceries. Um, of course, this would be the conservatives saying that again, who are allegedly against creating needless bureaucracies. Just, so, they, they just um, don't want to see somebody who is lesser than have an opportunity to climb out of that hole. Yeah. So thus again, once again, proving the theory that uh, it's not about the money when it comes to conservatives, because if, if it takes money to keep you down, they're more than willing to spend oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're more than willing to spend it. Um, uh, now, in the last budget, when, when we were talking yesterday, uh, we were wondering about whether or not uh, maintaining the path to balance uh, by 2027, 2028 was going to be a thing or put at risk. Uh, unlike other provincial governments, uh, like the Ford government in particular and other ones who keep on maintaining that they will be in balance in two or three years. Uh, the Canadian government, I think, is being a little more real mm. with us. Uh, Mr. Grizzle, if you put it up. Um, so we were saying that we were going to be in balance in the last budget by 2027, 2028. Now we're now showing about a $14 billion deficit at that period. Um, my question that I want to know, and I'm hoping that people will ask, so you see that the deficits are still decreasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they won't get down to zero by 2027, 2028. My question on that, uh, that I'm hoping that somebody will be able to answer for me at some point, uh, I've asked it to the people at the Hurley Burley because uh, they said that they were going to have some guests on and if we had any questions, please ask. So I did. Uh, I'm wondering how much with the rising interest rates, how much our debt servicing costs have gone up. And when they say $40 billion in new spending, over those years, how much of that forty billion dollars is debt servicing? I don't know. It's a good question. And we're basically and we're basically saying, oh yeah, it's forty billion. Well, really, is it forty? Because mm-hmm. if the amount more that if the amount in new spending, actual new spending, is less than the amount of debt servicing, we're actually spending less on things. It's just the interest rates that gone up. That <laughs> right. So. A lot of people, that that's a very, very important detail because you got Pierre Polliver going all over the place saying that this is a full frontal attack on the paychecks of Canadians. I don't know what it is with him choosing words, full frontal. <laughs> full frontal attack, powerful paychecks. He's... None of it makes any sense. And it's just meant... How is it an attack on paychecks? No, He will just say whatever he can to try and win the moment. We all know this. Well, but it's, not enough it's people not know like, this. More people need to know this. He doesn't give a flying fig about you. All he cares about is putting money in his pocket and that of his wealthy donors. And he will continue to punch down on the poor and working class because he can. They have money to spend when it comes to harming people, but no money to spend when it comes to reducing harm on people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the deficit for the fiscal year ending this week will grow to $43 billion or 1.5% of gross domestic product. So, we're at 1.5% of GDP, the debt-to-GDP ratio. A lot of people are losing their minds saying that Canada is going to the hell in a handbasket. Um, just a little reminder that the United States and the UK have 54 and 5.5% debt-to-GDP yeah, we're, ratio. We're, we're doing better than everybody. Okay, so when they're running all around with their hair on fire, going, ah, we're going to hell, Justin Trudeau has spent us into a... No. Well, here's the other one um, no. that, uh, <laughs> so the you know that the they were going to um, levy a new tax on alcohol, beer, and wine. So the current rate on wine per liter is 0.688 cents. 
or no, so 68 cents, 67, yeah. 69 cents, basically. The previously announced rate in 2023 was supposed to be 73, and it's actually 70.02. So it's so wouldn't this be a tax cut? You know. <laughs> well, I mean, when it's the other way around, the conservatives call it a tax increase. Mm-hmm. Well, if it was supposed to be to 73, but we only got to 70, wasn't that a tax cut? Well, basically, because they announced a 6% increase, and they slashed it down to just 2%. So that's a 4% cut, technically. I mean, if, the, if it was a conservative budget, they'd be announcing this as a 4% cut. Of course they would. Well, no, it would, would be 4% cut because it was 6 and it's only 2. So they would be announcing that as a 66.66% cut. Yes, yes. True. To make it seem larger than it is. Yes. And it, the percentage would make sense. It would be legitimate, you know. That's true. Well, you always take, hey, that's a PR thing. You always take the big to the number that looks more impressive. Of course. Because, I mean, gee, we're saving you three cents on a, on a liter. Doesn't sound so great. We're saving you 62 thirds off. Well, wow. That makes me pay attention. Well, you saw how the guy explained how uh, to women how a ruler works. A ruler has two measurements. It's got the IN, which is incorrect measurement, and the CM, which is correct measurement. So mm. eight CMs is the correct measurement. <laughs> <laughs> four four inches four incorrect measurements eight cms for correct uh, eight correct measurements yeah. i thought that was hilarious <laughs> i love it <laughs> it was a guy explaining um, he had to mansplain to women how rulers work you know? <laughs> i'm sure ladies you've heard that one before Yes. Uh, so that's one year debt to GDP. Uh, federal debt as a proportion of GDP will climb to 43.5% in the fiscal year that begins April 1st from 42.5% this year. It's expected to decline back to 42.2% in 2025-2026 and then to 39.9% or 40, let's say, by the end of the forecast horizon. Uh, so just a slight still uptick in the debt to GDP ratio because we're still absorbing uh, costs from the last few years. Uh, and transition costs, obviously, to move to a new economy and new ways of doing things. Uh, but we should be back on track uh, to decreasing it uh, starting next year. Um, new spending on health transfers to the provinces for expanded dental care totals $31.3 billion over six years. Clean energy in- incentives, $21 billion. And target inflation relief measures totaling $5.2 billion. Um and the government plans to issue $172 billion in bonds in 2023 2024, which is down 7% from the current fiscal year. So we will be borrowing less money on the international bond market. Uh, we are still tilted, we're tilting our borrowing as well to the short end of the, the stick with two year bonds, accounting for 44% of the total insurance rather than longer bonds. So we're buying shorter term bonds as well. Uh, it changes rules for financial institutions that receive dividends from Canadian companies. Payouts will be taxed as business income, raising an expected $3.2 billion over five years. So that's kind of a wealth tax in a way. And the government's also charging the alternative minimum tax on high earners. It's boosting the rate to 20.5% up from 15% while quadrupling the income threshold at which the tax might apply. So the measure applies primarily to individuals who earn at least $300,000. So another bit of a wealth tax. So uh, the NDP is going to legitimately, again, 
be able to take a bit of credit in this budget mm-hmm. for the dental stuff and uh, like I said, the, the alternative minimum tax and the budget changes for financial institutions. So basically a bank tax. This is a good thing. It's a it's good thing. Dental dental care should have been covered uh, under our health care plan years ago because the last time I checked, uh, teeth were in my head, which is part of my yep. body, which is part of my health. The reason it wasn't is back in the day, the order of dentists were afraid that putting themselves with general health would dilute them and that there weren't enough actual trained dentists to be actual to run the program at the time that our social Medicare was uh, was formed to be able to include it. But the intention was that it should have been there all along. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's taken a long time. Well, I got a a story (laughs) for you that you'll find interesting. It's a very quick little story. I may have told you this once before. I don't recall because my memory is not as good as it once was. But a buddy of mine, his grandfather, was one of the founding members of the Royal Ottawa Golf Club you're familiar with in in, uh, just on the Quebec side right across from the um, uh, Island Park Drive Bridge. You cross mm-hmm. and turn right, and there it is. So when they first formed that, it was going to be an exclusive membership, and uh, they had one rule, no dentists. <laughs> that was, okay. Well, it was formed by a group of doctors, basically. Uh, and they said, gotcha. no dentists. And somebody said, why not no dentists? And he goes, uh, they can't afford it. And somebody else chimed in. He goes, I'm a surgeon. They earn more money than I do. They go, yeah, we don't want them. So there's been this divide between doctors and dentists. Apparently, it's a long-standing thing, kind of like firefighters and police officers, how they love to hate each other, but love each other, but hate each other at the same time. Yep. Very yin-yangy yep. thing. Yep, 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 indeed. <laughs> um, another way that the government said, I'm just going to mention that because McKinsey was a big thing, that they would be uh, saving money is by cutting departmental costs. As we mentioned, Freeland said, told people to, uh, you know, bring some back. <laughs> if you want some, you got to tell me what you're going to willing to sacrifice and scaling back on consultants. Mm. Uh, of course, uh, the conservatives, uh, their long thing is for every $1 of new spending, you have to cut a dollar. Of course, Skippy won't say what it is that he'd cut. Uh, and cutting, of course, those, those dollars he would cut in order to make room for the dollars he'd spend, um, they don't attack your paycheck from the front. I guess it's a, it's a full rear attack rather than a full frontal attack. This is what he's proposing, I guess. Um, because he did want people to spend, he did want the federal government, you've got to remember this about Skippy, right? He did want the federal government to give the provinces everything they mm-hmm. wanted on healthcare. Mm-hmm. With no strings so attached. That would have been, so, so that would have been a lot of money he would have had to cut. Mm-hmm. Well, right. he's not a he's not a Joe Clark progressive conservative. He's a, ref, he's a Preston Manning uh, reformer is what he is. Mm-hmm. And there's an extra uh, $50 million for the RCMP to ramp up investigations to help people facing harassment and intimidation oh, that's good. for an interference. That's good. And they will be setting up a new agency to fight it. So those, I think, I believe are probably little last things, last minute things they put in the budget. But uh, there you go. Uh, and there will be a $2.4 billion loan uh, to Ukraine to help it run itself. And it will be administered through the IMF and $200 million in military donations and equipment. But that's already been expended and counted for. Mm. All right, uh, Kits, I believe that we have a show. Do we, Mr. Grizzly? We do indeed, sir. All right, and uh, I see that uh, Kit Savage Wiener is here, and he said, good morning, Kits and Cubs, which is actually kind of nice, Mm -hmm. both of them with Ks. So eh, I like that, Kits and Cubs. Um, 
All right, kids, uh, we hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Daily Beaver podcast because we loved making it for you. Remember that sharing is caring and word of mouth is priceless. Let your peeps know about us and kids you have been because uh, we broke our record. Uh, we've been on the charts, I think, for now eight consecutive days, and normally we were six. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, word of mouth is happening. Uh, and uh, we're, we we may not hit the 3,000 downloads this month. We're going to get pretty close, uh, but that will definitely be a big record for us. Uh, I think our downloads are up 50% over last month. So thank you so much. Oh, we have a quote here from a kit. Uh, it's it's a sort of a question. Uh, would love to see the numbers and what the inability of millions of us to pay for dental services cost annually in repeat ER visits for pain, infection, etc. Not to mention how untreated gum disease can lead to serious health problems. Mm -hmm. And this is true. Um, untreated dental health issues. Says I'm. Ho I'm so. I'll, I'll read the rest of it to you. Uh, I'm so happy to know that within a year I'll be able to afford a visit to the dentist because it, it won't show everything on the screen there, but. You have to understand that, that dental health issues can lead to um, heart conditions, amongst other things. Uh, untreated um, dental health issues can cost us hundreds of thousands more in healthcare costs. And and like I mean that nails it on the nails it right there. Cost annually repeat ER visits for pain and infection, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. Got Kitlin Dam says I've spent nearly 8,000 in dental work in the past two years and have more work to be done in the fall. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Dental coverage is long overdue. Uh, and, and here from, uh, from Ree, there's a paper from the Dental Health Association on this. She's going to try and find it for us. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Our East Coast correspondent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Also, Kit Saucy says, when I take the kid to school, the townspeople hear beaver and grizzly in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Um, uh, because democracy is something that you do, please, again, keep the pressure on your MPs, your MPPs, your senators, their local media outlets to tell them that you want better coverage of stag and doe, of Nazi brunch, of all the things that are being covered up. And uh, one thing that uh, hit me yesterday is when uh, Pierre, Pierre Polyevre Pierre was talking about uh, the con uh, con liberals covering up stuff with election interference, mm -hmm. uh, let us remind us. Uh, let's remind everyone that we've had uh, CSIS officers tell us that this has been going on since the days of Mulroney, mm -hmm. and the current leader of the opposition was the once uh, leader of democratic reform. So I'm wondering why nobody's asking him why he didn't do anything while he was the minister of democratic reform. What did he know? Wouldn't benefit and him. What did he know it? Wouldn't benefit him, so he wouldn't do a damn thing. Yes. So the what what did he know and when did he know it applies to the Pillsbury oh, boy mm -hmm. as well. Just yeah, when well, he's making a lot of noise and flapping his arms, uh, he's trying to avoid that question. If you really like this podcast, you can find us on Cryer Media Network as well as all Beaver Grizzly friendly platforms, so stars and reviews are appreciated. Please give us plenty. Thank you very much. We love to hear from you. So reach us on our Facebook at True North Eager Beaver, our Twitter feed at True Eager, or our email at True North Eager Beaver at email.com. And if you subscribe to our pod page, podpage.com slash the True North Eager Beaver, lowercase letters with a hyphen between each one of those words, well, then we'll be able to come to you as soon as we have something fresh off the bandwidth. And if you're watching us on our YouTube channel, our True North Eager Beaver Media Incorporated YouTube channel, then please smash those buttons, the like button and the subscribe button. 
because we really need to get to a thousand so that we can monetize this and we need your help to do it. And of course, we can't do any of this without your kind and generous support. So if you feel that we've done a particularly good show today, well, then if you scan that QR code, if you're watching, that's right by Mr. Grizzly's head. Or if you're listening and you take your fingers and clickety-click coffee, ko-fi.com slash eager beaver, all in one word, lowercase letters, that will bring you to our super emergency coffee Guinness Caesar and hot hot chocolate fund tip jar. They're basically our staff. You're basically helping us keep our staff employed because like hot chocolate helps me edit. Caesars help me write, um, you know, and my staff keeps on disappearing. So we need your help. This is the staff. <laughs> I'm pointing at the staff. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> From the Beaver Lodge. This is your eager Beaver saying, until next time, dear kids, it could be a tough world out there. So be kind to and gentle with yourself. And hopefully I will uh, get uh, more firsthand knowledge of the budget myself, not just things through Bloomberg and then new little news clips and be able to have a little, something a little more in-depth for you uh, on future shows. Uh, but Mr. Grizzly, we teach your words of wisdom. We're hanging on a thread. You need to get in touch with your MP, your MPP, your MLA, and let them know that we're not going to let this Nazi brunch thing go, and Poliver needs to answer for it. Poliev or Poliver, whatever he wants to be called. Poliev now. Is it Poliev now? He keeps flip-flopping yeah. on that. Send him a flip-flop while you're at it. Preferably a filthy, dirty, used-up one you found on a beach somewhere. Drop that in the mail. Just as long as it has his address on it, he'll get it. So a filthy, dirty flip-flop along with a sternly, tersely worded uh, letter about how you're pissed off that he is not holding his MPs responsible and how he has not publicly admonished uh, the Nazi who had brunch with his members of parliament. I think that's good wisdom, Mr. Grizzly. All right, please roll those credits. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver media podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, Hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Kids, make time to dance today. (laughs) Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, 
all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.